Welcome to another edition of the PW Mania Hot Tag Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Justin C. Joined this week by my co-host, the chairman, Stephen Vincent. Uh, Cam not able to make it with us on the show today. We are here to talk about everything that happened at All In and the fallout from there, as well as preview WWE Payback taking place this coming Saturday. But we will start with All In. You would think with this being the biggest show ever, with uh, 80,000 plus people there, you know, AEW's big event that we'd be talking about the event itself but of course what we'll be talking about is another incident backstage involving cm punk this time with uh jack perry uh during jack perry's match he made a comment about uh the real glass and you know obviously there was a story from collision that involved cm punk telling jack perry not to use real glass in the spot he wanted to use and then cm punk and jack perry depending on the 50 different stories you've heard about this already backstage whether it was Perry going by and bumping Punk or Punk going up to Perry and saying, do you have a problem with me? You can pick whose side of the story you want to believe, but it escalated apparently to the point that there was a fight. Um, Again, depending on whose side of the story you believe, CM Punk choked out Jack Perry, depending on who else you believe that didn't happen. Uh, who knows, apparently happened right in front of Tony Khan this time, so he apparently saw it, even though today in a media call he said they're uh, investigating uh, it right now and he can't talk about it and he wants to get all parties involved, despite the fact that from what most accounts do say is that this did happen right in front of Tony Khan. They almost had to change the match order of the show and they were worried that they had to put another match on first because CM Punk wasn't going to go out there. CM Punk apparently met with Tony Khan later and was threatening to quit. It's just a giant jumbled mess, and here we are, what AEW is, you know, praising as their biggest show ever, and we're talking about the backstage drama more than we are the actual show itself. So, you're reading all these stories, Chairman, you're looking at it, and what are you thinking when you read all this stuff? Um, not surprised. I mean, AEW is almost getting to the point where I don't even want to watch it anymore because it's such a shit show. Like the premier live event pay-per-views, we want to call them are way too expensive. I mean, I know there's other options, but I'm not all about that. And it's just the product on television hasn't been very good. There's no consistency. And basically no one's talking about the matches at all in. Like I seen the results. I seen who won their matches, but they're all overshadowed by Pepsi Phil and Jungle Boy. And, you know, Jungle Boy is one of the pillars. And this, we've talked about this time and time again, out of the four pillars, he's the weakest link. And now you're starting stuff with Pepsi Phil, and I don't know what's going to happen here. And I honestly don't know how much longer AEW and Pepsi Phil can coexist. I mean, it's time just to sever part ways. It's time. It's, you're not getting anywhere. He's got beef with the Bucks and Kenny. You got beef with, one of your pillars. I mean, I think some other people like backstage, like Jericho, Britt Baker, kind of want to avoid them. So it's just like Tony Khan's got to do something here. I mean, he's got to do a lot of things, but you got to get your locker room straightened out. I saw someone tweet something that they need an undertaker back there and they really do. They need someone to, you know, have wrestlers quarter or the hell it is because this is ridiculous. They, they look ridiculous. They're not going to make it you know, much longer if they keep going down this path. Like, people are just going to mock them and harass them. And, you know, you kind of wonder, too, like, you know, obviously we can't look up contracts like we can do for um, baseball, football players. 
But, you know, some of these guys near expiring AEW contracts, maybe next year or two, you kind of wonder if they're going to jump ship to the WWE. I mean, I'm starting to really wonder that. So this is a bigger problem than it's, it's just bad. It's out of control. And I think that locker room is complete toxicity. Yeah, I mean, it goes all the way up to the leadership. And, you know, yes, Tony Khan has given us an alternative um, to what, you know, what some people don't like in the WWE. Yes, Tony Khan did just book a show where 80,000 people showed up at Wembley Stadium to watch it. And it's like, I'm not taking that away from him. But his leadership skills are so poor at this point. He's basically a guy that wants to be friends with all of these wrestlers and doesn't know how to properly lead them or properly manage them and put his foot down and say, okay, no, this shit's got to stop. And now they don't even know, you know, if CM Punk or Jack Perry are suspended, they're te- he's basically teasing it because he probably wants people to buy all out and watch, and watch rampage and watch collision to get them to be like, Oh wait, wait, wait CM Punk might be your guys. CM Punk might be your guys. It's a ratings thing. And, I've said this before, and it's like, yes, this happened in the 90s in the Attitude Era and Nitro, you know, WCW, WWF, Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart going at it every week. At the end of the day, Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart still work together on TV. And the fact that you can't get the Bucks and Kenny and CM Punk into a room together to work things out and say, guys, we could be making money off of this. And now it's, you know, I feel like even at this point, that's way beyond it. I mean, we're a year now past all out on that scrum and that fight that happened backstage. There's no making money off of this anymore. Like, I wouldn't care at this point if CM Punk and the Bucks or CM Punk and Kenny Omega fought. I mean, I would care probably that CM Punk and Kenny Omega fought because it's kind of like, you know, two of wrestling's biggest stars going at it. But I would not care about the backstage angle or backstage drama at all that would come with it. And... It's again, like I said, just poor leadership, and I don't know what CM Punk is his role is if he's in charge of Collision, and you know kicking people out. But the fact that Tony Khan is willing to give somebody that much, you know, sway even when he's not an executive VP or whatever you want to call him, <laughs> like come on, man, you got to be able to stick your foot down at some point. And like you said, Chairman, you've got um, you know these contracts. You never know when they're coming up. But at the same time, it's one of those things you got to wonder that if the Endeavor purchase didn't go through and the rumors that Vince was coming back weren't there, maybe Jay White does go to WWE. Maybe FTR does go to WWE. We don't know these things. How, like, how much of the fact that Vince was back around like, stalled these guys from actually doing that? I mean, we talked about when the rumors that were coming that Jay White's contract in New Japan were up, we thought he was a tailor-made fit. For Triple H and Triple H's version of the WWE to go in there and be one of the top heels after Roman Reigns. And that didn't happen. And now he's in AEW and yeah, he's entertaining, but he's not a top heel like I think he would have been in the WWE. And, you know, FTR, yes, throw the the champs and everything. And it's just like, I don't know. I just feel like something's got to be done at some point with Tony Khan and his, you know, ability to lead things. He's got to get somebody in there. You know, to be a, an actual stern head of talent relations, not somebody that can just get walked over by CM Punk. Um, if you had a guess, Chairman, where do you think this is going? I mean, do you think Punk's going to come back at this point? Do you think Punk's done? Do you think that we could see Punk in the WWE again at some point? Who knows? Just what do you think might be the next steps for this story as it develops, I guess? Well, boy, I honestly don't know. 
I don't think you're going to see Jungle Boy in Collision anymore. <laughs> He's probably banished. Um, I'm sure Pepsi Phil will come back because he loves the attention. He loves his name being trending on X. You know, he loves he loves it. He loves the attention. He may bully everybody in the entire business until I don't know. It's it, it, he'll never be back in WWE because I know him and Triple H obviously have major beef as well. And there's probably wrestlers there that probably can't stand him either. Whether it be that he banged one of their significant others now or past presence, who knows? Because obviously CM Punk has a record of ladies. I mean, we know that. So um, I was this way before AJ Lee, but uh, I don't know, man. I, I would say he's probably going to be there unless he says he's done. Because I, I, I just don't see Tony Khan having the balls to fire him because he knows that's money that he's losing out on. And that's his buddy. So it's going to be whether Pepsi Phil says he's done or not, honestly. Yeah, I'm kind of with you. I mean, you, I remember we joked about the story that when CM Punk came back on Collision that Tony Khan was at the gorilla position chanting his name as he was going out. It's like, he's so, he's so, I mean, I hate to use this term, but he's such a mark for CM Punk that I don't, like, you're right, I don't think he'd do anything for him, at like anything to him at this point. Even if he got half the locker room, and he gets, if Collision will get down to like about 10 guys and Tony Khan won't care because he still has CM Punk. So I think that's probably where... This is going to lead to, um, like I said, there's a, at this point, what there's like a million different stories about what actually happens. You, you're free to believe whichever one you got, want. I just laugh how people are calling, like, I think his name is Nick Houseman, like CM Punk's uh, PR guy and getting his story out when it's not like, yeah, not like Kenny and the Bucks haven't been using Dave Meltzer to do the same thing for the last five, ten years or however long it's been, you know. Everybody has their mouthpiece in these quote-unquote wrestling journalist world that we have here to get their story out in front of everything. So uh, I don't really care about that at all. And yes, there actually was an actual pay-per-view here uh, that took place uh, last weekend at All In. Um, I guess you want to say one of the two of the big stories, I guess you want to say, are one that MJF uh, retained the title against Adam Cole, which I really, really did not like the ending of that match with the reset and then everything involving that. Like, I, I just seemed way too gimmicky for AEW to do something like that. Um, and then, of course, another one. We all, we all picked different people to win the women's world title match. But the funny thing is, is that uh, I need to check before I say this. Uh, yeah. Oh, wait, no. Chairman, you did pick Soraya to win. I'm sorry. For some reason, I thought Soraya, we were, Soraya was the only one that we neither one of us picked to win. But she ended up winning the AEW women's title in her home country in, a, in the Fatal 4-Way match. So your two big stories there, Chairman, coming out of the show probably. What are your takes on them? Told you all that Soraya was going to win that match. It was, yeah, it was just we, easy. It was easy. Yeah. it was easy. She was in her home country. She was in front of her family and friends. And, I mean... It was, it was pretty much like the highlight of the weekend, honestly, if you don't take consideration Jungle Boy, Pepsi Phil stuff. Good for her. You know, she was had a career-ending injury, told her she was going to wrestle again. You know, I've met her before, you know, many years ago. Uh, she's a super nice lady. You know, she's, she's an awesome person. And, you know, and you know, it's, it's a good feel-good moment for her, you know. I mean, I hope she has a healthy reign. You know, obviously we've had some issues of champions and weather f- promotion, you know, the last – you know, a few years here of people having to vacate titles. So I'm hoping that she can defend the title for however long the reign goes. And, you know, it's, it's a good reign because they really need the women's division needs a boost. And hopefully she can be that boost that they desperately need, get some airtime, get some good stories. You know, it's up to Tony, though, on that one. 
Uh, as far as the other stuff goes, I mean, MJF and Adam Cole, it's almost turned into Bloodline-ish. Like, it takes up a lot of TV time, and it's entertaining, yes. But obviously, you got a bloated roster. WWE does, too. Like, a lot of guys aren't getting their fair opportunity to show their stuff. And now it's like, you know, MJF's got the whole world title hostage. You can say the same with Roman's got the world title hostage. So these guys got major storylines going on. The world titles are hostage. And it's like, now they're tag champs for ROH. And I think they're defending those titles at all out. So that means there's no AEW World title match. So it's like the reign of terror just continues for MJF. And Adam Cole's kind of just on this ride. I mean, I guess if anything, it's good for Adam Cole to be put on this big stage. I mean, we all know he'd be a big star anyway. He's killing the NXT. He was one of my favorites in NXT. And should he have uh, stayed with uh, Triple H's reign? Obviously, he left before that. But if you want to stay with Triple H, I'm sure Triple H went to carry him. But, I mean, obviously there's going to be a fallout. They're probably going to have their breakup at some point. But, uh, you know, whatever. I mean, it, it is what it is, I guess. I mean, there's a lot. There's a big roster there. And MJF's kind of just holding that title hostage, I think. Man, you want to talk about predictions, too, when you were doing this? I mean, we all really shit the bed here in these uh, all-in predictions. I only got two right. Cam got three right. Sherman, you actually actually did pretty well. One, two, three, four. Oh, you got six right. So you're catching up. You, it was a good show for you to uh, catch up there in the standings. But whew, that was a tough. We all lost on the. Uh, we all didn't pick uh, Hangman and Kenny Omega's team to win. We all got swept there. We all got swept picking the Blackpool Combat Club. We all got swept picking the Young Bucks. Ugh, was not a good week uh, weekend for predictions back there. But. Yeah, I mean, this story's fine with MJF and uh, Adam Cole for now. I mean, it's one of those things where I don't want it to play out too long. We saw that happen with MJF and Chris Jericho. I felt like that went on a little bit too long. But it's one of those things where I feel like we all thought MJF had a chance to lose the title uh, coming up. And who knows, maybe they were building to MJF and CM Punk at some point, And now those plans are on hold. And now they got to go in a different direction after All Out. Um, it just is does suck that your biggest title you know i know all in was technically their biggest pay-per-view but all out is kind of like their they i guess they're i'd probably call all out their version of wrestlemania and not having your world title defended on that show i do wonder what's going to happen to them in the chicago market and maybe a show like this sours finally sours the chicago market for them where it's like okay we can't come back there for a full week of shows anymore because they're pissed at the show that they're giving us and now cm punk isn't going to be here so uh who knows with that uh can't i'm not going to really judge soraya's reign obviously she wasn't at uh dynamite because of travel issues this past wednesday so you know obviously doesn't take it off but I mean, we'll see. I'd like to hopefully think she'll be able to wrestle more, obviously not every week, but, you know, a little bit more now that she is the champion. Uh, it does add uh, a fresh, you know, kind of kick to the women's division when Tony Khan gives it the 20 minutes uh, a show that he ends up giving it. So uh, having a new face on top, and like we all said, like it always felt weird that Cheetah was kind of given the title almost out of nowhere. Um kind of stinks like maybe they could have done kept it on tony storm for a little bit rather than just having like the big moment at aew 200 but yeah so good for soraya i guess you know good for um you know will osprey getting the win over chris jericho um anything else you want to talk about from the show here uh chairman before we move on i mean i didn't watch the show but let's talk about the freaking fact that blackpool combat society lost another match here and they lost the best friends and you know, Penta and 
freaking Eddie Kingston. It's like this whole Claudio John Moxley like losing. I mean, yeah, Satan Ortiz, I guess, were their partners. Didn't see that coming. But it's like, man, it's uh, it's, it's very disappointing how Moxley and Claudio are being kind of handled right now. They're kind of just losing. I feel like you know big big events, and I I, I don't know. It just it sucks, but. You know, I, th- I think the best thing is for Moxley and Claudio just to kind of go their own separate ways and dominate, you know, singles matches. I mean, Moxley was obviously the guy for EW for, you know, a long period of time. He needs to get back to that. We've been saying that for Kenny Omega, too. I think the same thing for John Moxley. He needs to get away from this faction and go back to being a singles guy. Yeah, we'll see what happens with Moxley this weekend at uh, All Out when he's facing Orange Cassidy for the international title. So maybe that's a step in the right direction there for uh, for John Moxley. Maybe he finally takes the title off of Orange Cassidy, who's had the title for a, a pretty good long period of time, and it's kind of been one of the you know bright spots of AEW. You know, TV is the matches that Orange Cassidy has been putting on. So maybe uh, I'm expecting Orange Cassidy and Mox to put on a, a pretty good banger. Uh, uh, this probably be the one match you definitely want to see at All Out. So we'll see what happens there. But, yeah, I don't know what's going on with the Blackpool Combat Club. They got to get something uh, something right with them in order to get, you know, Mox, like you said, Moxley and Claudio. Even if it's just Claudio going to Ring of Honor for a little bit and doing something in Ring of Honor for a few months just to kind of give the Blackpool Combat Club a break from just being on TV, that would even work too. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens at All Out this coming Sunday, and we'll talk about, obviously, the fallout from that next week as well as we move on now to preview uh, WWE Payback, which takes place this Saturday. Um Kind of, you know, like a B-ish level show. I mean, there's no Roman Reigns on this show. There's no Usos. Um, I still think it's a pretty solid card that they ended up throwing together for a show like this. Uh, you know, you've got L.A. Knight, the guy that's rising up the, you know, the ranks here, getting a match here. Becky and Trish finally having their blow off to their feud. Uh, Judgment Day being on it. I know Cody's going to be on the Grayson Waller effect, I believe. So, I mean, it's not, like I said, it's not. World beating, I had thought about going up to the show. I know Pittsburgh's a three-hour drive for me, but, you know, even with this car, like I said, even though I'm much like it, it's not really something I'd want to drive out there for a weekend for, uh, but it's still something definitely that's worth uh, watchable on TV. Um, what are your thoughts, Chairman, with uh, Payback coming up here this Saturday on the card? At first, you know, I was kind of like, um, you know, whatever. It's kind of a start to be a slow build, but kind of has things kind of uh... – Game momentum and they kind of put the card together. I'm starting to get a little interested in this. You know, I think there's some uh, potential here, especially like you said, you know, there's no Usos, there's no Roman Reigns, but that's a good thing, honestly, because this gives some other superstars a chance to showcase their skills. And I think we got a lot of good stories going in here. I mean, some feuds are kind of wrapping up, some feuds might be just starting. But, you know, I think we got a good collection of matches here, and I'm definitely looking forward to this one. Yeah, let's jump in here and look at the six matches that are announced so far. Uh, First being the United States title, Rey Mysterio against Austin Theory. Uh, So, obviously, uh, we had Rey Mysterio defeat Theory for the title. I feel like it was about a month ago at this point. It was supposed to be Santos Escobar. He ended up getting hurt. Rey Mysterio took his place. Rey Mysterio won. It's interesting because as much as I don't, you know, we've seen one thing with Triple H's world, you know, reign or not reign, I guess we am going to say run over creative is that as you've seen here, his champions are actually getting longer uh, reigns here. 
And I'm interested to see, this might be one where I know we're all done with Austin Theory, and I know it's one of those things like, no, don't please don't put the title back on him. But I'm curious to see if it's a possible tease to a breakup with the LWO, where maybe Santos Escobar and the rest of the LWO turn on Rey Mysterio. I don't know if that's the route they're going. Um, I know they're in a tag match, I believe, this coming Friday on SmackDown. But it's something that it sticks out there where this doesn't make this match for me as cut and dry as you think it would be. Like, yeah, Austin Theory just won a loss. He's not getting the title back. He's probably going to end up, uh, Rey Mysterio will probably end up retaining. But I do wonder in the back of my head if it's possible that you could get an LWO breakup here. I'm going to pick Rey Mysterio to retain the title. But it wouldn't honestly surprise me if that situation plays out and we see Austin Theory retaining due to Santos Escobar costing Ray the match. But I'm going to go ahead and give Ray the uh, win here and have him retain. Who are you going to go with, Chairman? You know, I'm not picking Theory. I, I knew that. that. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that guy's the worst. He's yeah. like, what Alan, I, I didn't call him a few weeks ago, like cross-eyed, half-wit or some shit. I don't know, but that's what he is. Um. My question is, how come we don't have a Gunther match for the Intercontinental Championship? I don't think he broke the record yet, did he? No, not yet. I believe. Yeah. yeah. He should get a worthy opponent here. Give him John Cena. Let's do that. Right here on the Payback Show. That'd be a hell of an awesome match because obviously Cena's never won that title. See, that's more interesting to me than this, you know, Rey Mysterio match is going to be. I'd rather see Gunther versus John Cena. That's just me. But um, maybe we'll still get it. We haven't had SmackDown yet, so. But, um. Yeah, so, I mean, Ray's going to win. And like you said, the Santos stuff, you know, you know, that's probably obviously why Ray won the title in the first place because I really don't see any other scenario why Ray would win the U.S. title. It's like you could have had L.A. Knight or Santos beat, you know, Theory and then not have a transitional champion. That's what Ray is, honestly. He's keeping the title war for somebody. That somebody's probably Santos. We just got to get there. Yeah, part of me also wonders if Dom plays a role in this, given that Dom is the NXT North American champion. Uh, he, I got to give him credit. He did an interview. This I saw some kind of interview. I don't know what it was. And he was like, they asked him about Ray winning on the U.S. title. He's like, that's great. Ray's a champion of the U.S. And I'm the champion of all of North America. And that includes Canada and Mexico. So that makes me a higher champion. I'm like, he's actually good there. Dom has been really good in his role, and that uh, also includes a possibility of... Oh, wait, no, he's not. I'm sorry, he's not in the U.S. Title, tag title match with uh, a Steel City street fight for the tag team titles with Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn defending against the Judgment Days, Finn Balor, and Damian Priest. You know, we've seen... One common reoccurring thing of Raw over the last month has always been Judgment Day getting some kind of six-man tag and, you know, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn being involved or just one of them being involved. Um... You know, the Owen Zane reign as tag team champions has not been like that great. They get their big moment at WrestleMania. It's kind of just floundered since then. One of the one of the probably big negatives of this last this post WrestleMania booking in the WWE is that Owens and Zane really haven't done too much since winning the tag titles. Now I know yes, Kevin Owens was hurt at one point, Sami Zayn was hurt at one point. So, you know, there were some road bombs, but even before that it just wasn't that strongly uh, built together for them. And we know what's going on with Judgment Day and the possibilities there with Finn and Damian Priest teasing a breakup and J.D. McDonough getting involved now too. So I'll go to you, Chairman, first here. Who are you picking in this one? I think it's a time to change here. I think we have to give the title to Judgment Day here because, honestly, it's like you said, man, KO and Sammy, they came into the year hot. They went to WrestleMania season hot. And then since WrestleMania, 
creative failed them. Sami Zayn was probably the most over wrestler, like the second half of last year and the early half of this year with all of his stuff with the bloodline. And they kind of let him down. They kind of took away his creative outlook. And obviously the KO Sami Zayn win the tag titles because it was a really good match at WrestleMania. It was a feel good moment, you know, for all the work he's done. But now it's like, oh, we don't have anything for you guys because our tag team division is kind of ass. And that's the God honest truth. I mean, outside of the USOs who are now no longer tag team, there's nothing left. You have the corpse of New Day. Uh, you have Viking Raiders and Alpha Academy. And it's, it's, it's not looking good. I mean, there's a weird part of me that almost wish Sami Zayn or uh, KO would be challenging Guther <laughs> this weekend. Um, also, we all saw Damian Priest and Finn Balor's rift and JD McDonough's hanging around. And I mean, them win the tag titles would probably maybe patch up the rift for Judgment Day. And honestly, I kind of want to see Judgment Day sticking around for a while. So I, this should be their win here. The real weird, weird thing is. Damian Priest has that Money in the Bank briefcase, and no one's ever cashed in, I don't think, on tag team championships before. So if things don't go the way they want it to go, there could be a post-match beatdown with Dom and Mommy, maybe, and he might see Damian Priest waste his briefcase on a tag team title run, which would be really stupid. But I've seen weirder things happen, so let's just hope they win outright and don't have to get in that situation. Yeah, I don't need to see that kind of complication uh, with the Money in the Bank briefcase. Uh, I am with you here. Just like you said, something needs to be done to spice up what is there of the tag team division. And I think given the titles to Judgment Day here would work. You know, you can throw the curveball there too. That I, how I don't wait. Maybe they don't get to appear on Raw and SmackDown. I don't know what the rules are. I forgot. I think Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens were drafted to Raw, so I think that was the rule. But I think they can appear on both shows if they're champions. Who the hell knows? I don't remember those rules anymore. But yeah, it's one of those things where I can honestly see something where they win the tag titles and you think things are going well, and then Damian Priest cashes in later on in the night, and then things, or maybe a little bit after, like a few weeks after, and things get a rift again. But I'm getting ahead of myself there. You know, but it's Finn and, you know, like you said, Judgment Day, they need, they've been teasing the breakup story here, a win here for the, the giving them the tag titles gives them something different. It, you know, might cause Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn to do something else too. It'll give Judgment Day a reason, you know, assuming that we think Rhea's retaining, they'll all be champions now in the WWE. Uh, so that'll be a positive for them too. And it'll keep building the Judgment Day group together as the big threat on raw and it seems to be working. Everybody loves the work of the judgment day so far. So I'm going to go ahead and give them uh, the win here as well and crown new tag champions. Uh, let's go over now to uh, Austin theory and the Miz or I'm sorry, Austin theory, LA Knight, excuse me. And the Miz one-on-one, they had that great promo uh, battle that we talked about a few weeks ago. Where, you know, L.A. Knight came out and interrupted The Miz. I thought that was good. You had L.A. Knight's speech uh, promo on the SmackDown where after Bray Wyatt's passing. Where, you know, he tied everything with Bray Wyatt into his feud with The Miz too. So that worked. And it kind of showed that Bray Wyatt could be like a good face for the company going forward. And then you had Miz come out this past Monday looking like L.A. Knight there. So you uh, also have that, too. So it was a good promo battle between uh, these guys. I don't know how good the match is going to be. I mean, Miz is a WWE lifer. He knows to put on a uh, a match, a good WWE-style match. I'm sure the crowd will be engaged in it because 
They're behind LA Knight, and I think this I'm probably going to say this is my lock of the night. I mean, they gave LA Knight the win in the Slim Jim Battle Royals, so they're obviously willing to give him a few wins here. He beat Finn Balor you know, last week, so I think beating the Miz here is kind of a given. It's a good way to get LA Knight fully involved here with a program like this, with a quote-unquote WWE lifer because the Miz has been around for so long. So I'm going to go ahead and pick LA Knight to win this one here. I would, I'm going to say it's my lock of the night too. Uh, so I will go ahead and pick LA Knight. Who are you going with, Chairman? Yeah, LA Knight for sure is going to win this because the Miz has like this god-awful like win-loss record right now for the year. And he's kind of just there to put people over. The promos have been really good between the two. And I think this program just needs to end here, though, at the same time. Like, Elliot Knight just needs to beat The Miz and move on to the next big thing. Yeah, especially because this is also a cross-brand, like, build and cross-brand match. We don't need to see the brand the brand rules being broken already. Uh, so maybe, uh, but yeah, it's a good first feud for them, for LA Knight, like a first major feud after he's kind of just been picking up wins here and there on SmackDown all summer, and hopefully it leads them to maybe a U.S. title program uh, coming after this. So let's go over now to the, let's do the women's, uh, the women's world championship match with Rhea Ripley going against Raquel Rodriguez. Um, they've been building to this match for a while. They did the injury angle where Raquel got her knee injured and she was promised a match where she was medically cleared. And then about a week and a half ago, uh, or two hours ago, I should say, uh, Raquel said that she was medically cleared and attacked Rhea and now building to this match here. Uh, I think it's a pretty big, I don't want to say pretty big match, but it's a good, it's a big step up for Raquel here. Rhea's been the hottest, you know, performer in the women's division probably since all of this year. So I'm pretty sure she's going to win female wrestler of the year when we do our year end award show. And it's time for us to see if Raquel, you know, it's sink or swim in the big picture and see what you can do with Rhea. Uh, so chairman, who are you going with here? So this will be my lock. And then I hear is, mommy retains and you know we're finally getting the match with Raquel you know this has been kind of building for a while now I don't know if that was going to happen at SummerSlam or if they just got cut or what happened I mean it was officially never overbooked you know so we can't say it was going to be but whatever you want to think it's here now and this is a good spot for Raquel and Rhea because there's not a whole lot of stuff going on on this card so you know it's a perfect night for Judgment Day like you said before you know with all them guys there winning and stuff so this will be a good moment for her. This will be a good match between these two. And I'll be really curious to kind of see what Rhea's plans are long-term. Because obviously, you know, we got some big events coming up, you know, here. And, you know, we're almost to the end of the year already. So Rhea is definitely probably the front runner for Women Wrestler of the Year. And, you know, I'll be really intrigued to see what her WrestleMania plans are. But we're months away from that. So, so we're going to enjoy the ride, you know, of her and Judgment Day right now. Yeah, this is definitely one of my top one, like locks of the night too. I'm also picking Rhea. I guess I just feel like there's always, I feel like Raquel is somebody that Triple H likes enough that you could always see something crazy happen. I doubt it'll happen, but I would put like Rhea winning at like 98.5% and like me or LA Knight winning at like 99%. So I think they're both very, very high up there. So I think Rhea wins. I think I said, like I said, it's a big showing for Raquel to see if she can hang. You know, she's a fine wrestler. 
but she's you know somebody that's talked about that's had potential to possibly move up to the top like be a top performer for them going forward so i think it's one of those things where this match showing will be the thing to kind of go out there and say okay what kind of future do you have with us you'll be able to you're gonna be able to you know hold your uh, spot at the top here from here on out and i think i think she has a good chance to like i said uh i feel like she's getting over with the crowd too which helps uh, and it'll be like a kind of like a big woman mash like you know two tall women brawling and going at it but i do think in the end Rhea ends up retaining here uh so that brings us to the other women's match on the card which is becky taking becky lynch taking on trish stratus inside of a steel cage talk about you want to talk about you know programs that are supposed to be at SummerSlam. This was one that everybody thought would be there and then got cut. And then there was reports that everybody was mad that it got cut and, you know, all kinds of stuff on social media, some kind of like, you know, hints here and there that Becky was mad and Trish was mad. So um, and finally, I'm going to a soup ends here because this has also been a program that's been going on for quite some time. It's had Zoe Stark involved as uh, Trish's, you know, lackey or sidekick. And I think Becky ends up winning here. I mean, Becky, Rhea, I think I want to say Becky, Rhea is your WrestleMania match, but I don't know how you keep Becky and Rhea apart until WrestleMania. I mean, there have been teases. I know a couple times since WrestleMania of them walking by each other on Raw. So it's obviously there. They, they know they want to do it. I don't know if you go to it after this. I don't know if you wait until um if you wait until WrestleMania, how you hold off to it. But I think Becky wins either way. Uh, credit to Trish for pulling off this heel work in this run. I mean, this goes to show you what a great performer she was for her time. And it's a shame we didn't get, like, prime every week Trish during this time period because as good of a wrestler as she was back during her day, I think she'd be even better now. And the promo work she does has been great. Uh, even, you know, as much as I'm not the biggest fan of Zoe Stark, she's, you know, just simply elevated Zoe by being with Trish. So whether you like her or not, I know we're not the big, we're not the biggest fans over here, but she's been elevated just by being next to Trish and wrestling with Becky at the same time. So uh, Trish's run has already proven positive for a lot of things, but I think Becky ends up winning this match. And uh, I don't know what's next for Becky after this. Like I said, I wonder if Trish sticks around and goes into some other program after this. Who knows? But it's definitely time to end this one here, and I am picking Becky to win. Uh, who are you going with, Chairman? Yeah, uh, Becky's definitely winning this because there's no way they're going to keep this thing going, right? I mean, Steel Cage is kind of the end of all, so uh, the big question is, what does Becky do next? I mean, she's not going to fight with uh, Zoe Stark because that would be terrible. And I mean, I think she mentioned maybe one of her many promos besides drinking lemonade or turning lemons into lemonade or the hell she's blabbing about. Um, but uh, she's going to probably want to gun for the women's championship, which is held by Rhea Ripley. And that's like you said, Justin, can we get from that point from now till then? You know, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> you know, maybe we get some weird ass Seth Rollins, uh, Becky Lynch mixed tag matches with uh, Dom and Rhea, though I think those two said they didn't want to t tag anymore, Seth and Becky, because we all remember the horrible Born Corbin, Lacey Evans saga who was released. I think we forgot to mention that on the podcast a few weeks ago. That's because it's nobody cares. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, it'll be interesting to see what Becky does next. I mean, maybe she'll grab a partner and go after Chelsea and Piper Nevin for the tag titles, because that worked out so well the last time, right? Eee. 
Yeah, Lacey released and has her own cafe now and also has her own quote-unquote adult content site that she launched too, so I guess. So uh, good for her if she feels like she can probably, if you believe what Mandy Rose makes on hers, maybe she'll do just as well. Who knows? Um, that leads us to what I'm going to guess is probably the main event with the World Heavyweight title with Seth Rollins defending against Shinsuke Nakamura. I mean, this is the most they've done with Nakamura in forever, and he's really does come across as a serious threat. And, you know, the stuff he's been doing, those promos he's been doing in Japanese, the video packages have been really good. Uh, you know, Seth basically saying that, yeah, he is injured and Nakamura is targeting the injuries that he has. It's been a very good build for a big world title match for a, uh, for like a secondary show. It's been a good world title match, a good build for a world title match up to a show like this. So I think it's very well done. They've done a great job getting Nakamura over as a threat. And like I said, he's looked great in this whole buildup. Um, Chairman, over to you. I know it's not your boy. I'm going to assume you're probably picking him to retain here, right? That's the plan. I mean, yeah, there's some scariness going on with the injury and, you know, is he going to take time off or not? But I think I did see him share something, which don't mean anything of all the upcoming live dates he's got coming up and stuff. And I just don't see them just pulling the pin here. I mean, Shinsuke could be a good heel champion, but I just don't think there's a long-term investment in that. And obviously you have the Damian Priest money in the bank grenade. Should you choose to use that? I mean, They've done it before, back when, uh, remember when Undertaker had to, you know, go away from an injury many, 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 many moons ago, and they had to have Edge take the briefcase off Mr. Kennedy because he was injured, so then Edge had to go cash in, then he got injured, and then we got three Kelly champions. Blah. So hopefully it doesn't turn into, like, some shit show where Seth leaves because of injury, and then Damian wins the title, and then he's injured, so then the giant Osmosis Jones is the champion. I mean, that's be kind of like today's timeline. We don't need that. But, um... The Nakamura's have been really good, you know, using his na- native Japanese language, which is always weird. Like, every time he turns heel, he speaks Japanese all of a sudden, but when he's a face, he speaks English. It's like, this is really strange. But the promo's been really interesting, actually. It's kind of weird about it first, but it's actually working. People are liking it. I'm glad they're giving Nakamura a big stage here. We all know he's a fantastic wrestler. We all can go back to the NXT match he had in his debut against Sami Zayn. So one of my favorite NXT matches of all time. If you haven't seen it, go find it on Peacock. It's it's worth the watch. But, you know, I really hope they give Shinsuke kind of like an upper mid-card heel run here. You know, maybe he beats Seth, maybe he doesn't. But at least keep him in that conversation because the guy can go. Yeah, I'm with you. It seems like Nakamura, it's, you would hope it's motivated Nakamura. You hope you go out there and he puts on a great match. I mean, we all thought that was going to happen when he fought AJ Styles at WrestleMania a few years ago and it didn't end up happening. But hopefully that doesn't happen here and we get a really good match with between these two. And I'm also picking Seth to retain the title here. Uh, like I said, it's been a good little program for like a one-off pay-per-view like this, or I'm sorry, premium live event. And it's been fine, but I don't think Nakamura is your long-term answer. And like I said, Triple H is, seems to be a fan of long-term champions, which I'm fine with. And there's really no reason yet to take the uh, title off of Seth Rollins. So I'm also picking Seth to retain here. Uh, do you think this match main events, Chairman? Well, the Tribal Chief's not on the show, so I don't see why it wouldn't. I mean, Seth Rollins is a, you know, the secondary champion. He deserves a main title run here. He he deserves a main event. Yeah, I think so too. I think there's a slight possibility it could be the steel cage match, but I think when it's all said and done that it will end up being uh I think it's about like 
95% that it ends up being Seth versus Nakamura as your main event here. Oh, come on. His wife already still wrestled me at 35 from him. <laughs> I mean, he, he's got to get one. That's true. Yes. I guess Becky does probably. Yeah. Becky does owe him one. Uh, so I, I would agree with you that hopefully he does get one here, but that is our show for this week. Uh, we will be back next week to talk about, uh, what happened on payback and also talk about what happened, uh, at all out as well. So for my co-host, uh, chairman, Stephen Vincent, I am Justin C signing off and we will talk to you then.